Always look on the bright side of hog. Always look on the bright side of hog. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Tartan Rugby, bringing you the latest Scottish rugby news from the 2021 Guinness Six Nations. With me in the studio today, I have fellow Scotsman and professional FIFA player Ewan, Welshman and former teammate of the George North, David, and returning to the studio for a second time, Big Tim. Ewan, what did you make of the game at the weekend? Oh, uh, professional FIFA player, thank you there. Well, look, honest, I think positive, really. I know we lost in the score and everything, but as a Scottish fan, I'm, there's a lot of positives to take from it. I mean, Scotland came out and replicated, almost replicated, a brilliant performance at Twickenham. And they were they were dangerous going forward, a lot of dangerous kicking. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's nice, to, it's just great to see Scotland playing exciting rugby. I mean, it's a shame about the result, and I'm absolutely gutted, but... I think they'll know where the faults were and they can pick themselves up to go next week or in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Daf, what, what did you make of the what did you make of the game? Were you relieved when the full time whistle went? Or, uh... <laughs> yeah, very relieved, I must admit. Um, yeah, I thought it was an outstanding game, really, really positive, lots of lovely moves going on in the backs and a lot of decent big hits in the forwards as well. So yeah, I think overall it was an outstanding game and uh, yeah. I'm quite intrigued to see how you get on against France in two weeks. And finally, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with the guys. I, one of the things actually that came out to me the game is that a it was you know such a typical hard fought Six Nations game, and one of the things was that even though there wasn't a crowd there, the emotion I thought in the rugby was actually incredible. You know, you you, you know you you know you didn't even. Which sounds weird. You didn't even notice that there wasn't a, a, a crowd there. I think when the game got going, it was just really sort of intense emotion. Both sides really went it went for it. Both sides had very good periods during the game, so it is just a fantastic, fantastic game. Good tries. We can sort of discuss some of those, and of course, the uh, sort of sending off. But so much happened. So much happened in the game. So really fantastic. Yeah, there really were some excellent tries in that game. Uh, a couple of which were from young Lewis Rees Zamet. Daft, what do you think of him? Is he one for the future? Oh, he's an absolute star already, isn't he? He, um, <clears throat> I've seen him a few times with Gloucester, sort of end of last season, start of this season. He's just been electric throughout, and I think he just his second try um, on Saturday just showed. I mean, he he outpaced the. Uh, was it uh, Van der Merwe on the wing? Yeah, yeah he completely yeah. did him on the wing there. Yeah, he's just to be able to do that, I think, fantastic. Yeah, to be able to control a chip like that when you're running at full speed is very impressive. Yeah. Three of the three of the tries came from chips in that game. Uh, obviously, Ali Price and Darcy Graham linked up very well at the beginning to to get a superb try right under the post, and then Hogg also chipped to himself. I, I, I guess one thing, and it's, I know it's easier said than done, but. You know, with defence is so aggressive, blitz defencing. I, I think the, you know, the I think the idea of returning to sort of small chips in the sort of that the sort of the area just behind the blitz defence before you hit the fullback, when it's done well, it's, it's, it's a really potent attacking attacking measure. 
it was interesting. One of the uh, areas which which people always said you should attack Wales on when they were when having that very successful Grand Slam side over the last sort of, sort of few years was their sort of uh, Lee Halfpenny tends to stay quite quite deep be, behind the behind the defence. So there is that area to attack them, as I say. But it's not only against Wales, as I say. All all sides seem to be using it very well. So good to see. Yeah, so, so one of the more controversial moments of the game was obviously the sending off of Xander Fagerson. Uh, there's a lot of different opinions surrounding that clear out of the ruck. Uh, Ewan, what, what are your thoughts on that? Should that have been a red card? I mean, my initial reaction when I was watching it was obviously I jumped out of my seat saying no. Uh, and emotions were high. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But having some time between it and uh, having looked at it a few times, I think, I think where the game, where the game's going now, they're trying to eradicate head injuries and get rid of that out of the game. And I think it's important for refs to be consistent with that. And I mean, if, if you look at it again, he does hit his head and he is running from a, a dangerous, uh, and he had clear, line of sight to the Welsh player. And I think given the distance he had, that makes it extremely dangerous. And I can see why the ref did it. I mean, it completely, in my view, completely changed the game for the Scots. I mean, because after that, we were on the back foot and we gave away a try straight away, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. Um, so, I, I to round off, I think it probably was a fair decision on reflection. Yeah, and de definitely a, a game-changing moment. You didn't think there was any mitigation there? The TMO seemed to suggest he, he thought there may be some level of mitigation. Uh, Stuart Hogg lifting up Wynne Jones sort of last minute, and when you're running in at that speed, it's, uh, well, it's very difficult to back out of these things once you're committed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that is that is true, but I mean... I think that, I think he was I mean, okay, he was him. trying to sort of I mean Win Jones he was a target in the sense that he was unlike the uh, the uh, Peter Mahoney incident in the previous game he he was actually sort of he was endeavouring to get the ball and his actual movement up as Zander Ferguson came in probably resulted in the head contact although. You know, I, I, I am actually in total agreement with you. And, you know, it's it's an area of the game that has uh, been identified by referees as potentially being dangerous. But what's interesting, I think, is happening at the moment is the ruck is becoming such a key area with sort of players jackling or sort of trying to, trying to get their hands on, on, on the ball. And the onus is on the side going into, you know, taking the ball into, ruck, into a ruck is to clear out as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So there's a big pressure on players, you know, trying to keep their own ball. So either, either you can see the, you, you know, you can see the ruck and let the opposition take it. And I think where that does impact the game is, is, is one of the reasons I think that during the autumn internationals, uh, England amongst other sides chose to kick such a lot because they felt it was difficult to take the ball into contact and, and keep your own ball because the players jackling. So, so rather than risk either losing the ball, you know, by a slow clear out or giving the penalty away like this, or even a sending off, I think it's uh, it's just caused problems in the game. And in fact, you, in the England game itself, there was obviously an issue where uh, Jack Willis was trying to jackal the ball 
and he was uh, one of the Italian players, rolled him out of the ruck and actually sort of, which resulted in a serious injury. So I think the powers that be are going to have to keep an eye on what goes on in the ruck. You don't want players being sent yeah. all the time. You certainly don't want players injured. And in fairness to Wales, I mean, Wales, you know, they say, oh, you know, they had the advantage of a 14 man in two games, but it could have been that Thomas Francis and Wynne Jones both could have been injured and out of the game. So, you know, there's a lot of things to review. And this is with rugby in particular at the moment, with the safety element being looked at, you know, with head injuries, it's got to clean up the act. And they've maybe got to get a bit more control as to what goes on in a ruck to make sure these these events, injuries and sending offs don't continue to occur. Yeah, and, and speaking of Welsh injuries there, I believe Wales had 21 players who were not available for selection this weekend. Daph, how much of an, of an effect has that had on, on Wales? Yeah, I mean, they are missing some big games. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you've got Anskim, who's been pretty pretty solid at 10 for us recently. Um, Jonathan Davis in the, in the midfield as well. Obviously, massive names. But to be fair, I think... I think under Pivak, they're obviously going through a bit of a transitional period and it's obviously going to take some time, which is why I think he's getting a bit of stick for, for trying to change things so quickly. But I think the, the the way we're playing is positive. We're scoring a few more tries, albeit, like I said, against 14 men. But I think we're starting to play a lot more positive rugby. So um, I think the boys are coping quite well with the injuries so far. Uh, Josh Adams in the last World Cup. So we've we've always had danger men on the wing, which just quite often struggled getting the ball to them. But I think in the Pivac style of play, we saw it at the Scarlets. They loved getting the ball wide and getting those attacking feet on the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think we're starting to bring that into our game more, which is really positive from a Welsh point of view. Yeah, and, and Wynne Jones, yeah. uh, despite getting a, a Scottish player red carded, he, he seems to have an excellent game. You think he could be, could be up for selection in the Lions? I think, yeah, I think... I think he's, um, if he keeps playing the way he is, then yeah, he's definitely a, a good contender for that. Um, I think there's quite a few a few lads in that game um, that are pretty much bolted on for the Lions. I think Stuart Hogg is probably by far the best fullback in, in the home nations at the moment. So You seem to be very good, actually. The Welsh team seems to be very good at getting the ball out to their wide men. Yeah, we've, we've had that trouble in the past, obviously. Yeah. We've had Plays like George North on the wing, um, and he's and very interested to see. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping with uh, um, with all these Welsh injuries, we might see a few other nations <laughs> in the Lions team under, under Warren Gatland this year. <laughs> yeah, one token Scott. <laughs> Speaking of that one token Scott, how about Stuart Hogg for Lions captain? Lions captain. I, I mean, you see him in his post match interviews and he's he's very composed and he's he has grown as a player an incredible man i mean he's always at the talent everyone knows that but as a player and making decisions uh he's really come into his own this season and i think going to exeter has definitely helped him he's been in some massive games for exeter and he's been winning these games and to take that into a scottish side he's and these players already a lot of them are looking up to him and he's just uh yeah, he's become a fantastic player. I'm not. I mean, you, everyone. I've been, there's been a lot of things in papers and stuff about his um, his um, decision not to kick to get those crucial points. But I mean, captains have to make these decisions, and they did make. I it. think those, he did make I it. I think that's just uh, um, having a bit of belief in your 
in your team, really. I don't, I don't see anything yeah. wrong with going for the yeah, corner. I, um, I think it's been... Yeah, exactly. And, and looking back at it, it's easy to say that. But yeah, they had the confidence. They were on the front foot, really positive that part of the game. And and why shouldn't you go to the to the, the corner if you believe in your team? Yeah, exactly. and we nearly got there. It was quite, it was quite funny actually because in the uh, in the Tubby household, there was a bit of discussion at the time, and Will was uh, thought with that lead, the sensible thing was definitely to go for the posts. And I sort of, I sort of backed with uh, with Stuart Hogg a bit. The and I was thinking, you know, I made my case, but then unfortunately, straight after, sort of, well, afterwards, Scotland didn't score a try. Wales went up the field and scored a try. Then Zander Fakeson got sent off, and they Wales scored a second try. So I sort of rather lost <laughs> out to Willow. Sort of, <laughs> I think I think the other thing is Stuart Hogg's maybe quite a bit too used to playing at Exeter because the, those tap penalties that done at Exeter they're normally pretty ruthless at. Uh, Scoring yeah. on them, maybe you know Scotland weren't quite as cohesive as the the Exeter team in executing. But uh, hey, that was when the game. It was around that time everything happened in yeah. the game. And you, you know, Wales scored a try just before this. In you know Wales, Wales were as I say they were moving the ball around. You know, getting good positions. They were looking good to score. So uh, you know, there was a lot going on around then. Things we talked about last week was Scotland not converting their pressure into points uh, whenever they were in the opponent's 22. And I just felt, you know, they were they were 17 up, 17, 8 up, and they, they had a kick. It wasn't directly under the post, but it was definitely kickable. And Finn Russell was kicking well. I felt they should have kept the scoreboard ticking over and gone for the three points, but uh, they didn't. And, they, and, and don't get me wrong, if they had scored a try, then I would have, I'd absolutely be keeping my mouth shut right now. So you could say it's the beauty of hindsight. Um, yeah. Yeah. Call I think boring, you're right. I'm, I'm, I always think when you when you go into the opponent's 22, you should go away with points. Even if that... Yeah. I think the stats say that as well. I mean, like, they, what did they, in the end, they nearly doubled the meters made. And uh, you're right, Tubby. They should be coming away with something, I guess. But maybe that's something they've got to work on and it's a lesson learned and they'll come back against France with that in mind. And yeah, maybe get more points ticking over on the board. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you said, Stuart, Stuart Hogg's really matured. He's growing as a player and there's no doubt he will learn from this. Um, yeah, and hopefully bring it into the next game against France in Paris. Uh, this weekend, we had James Lang playing at 12, replacing uh, Redpath, who's, who's injured his neck. Um, we're not sure if he'll make it back towards the end of the Six Nations. But uh, James Lang, Tim, how do you think James Lang got on at the weekend? Yeah, it was a busy game. So, I mean, he he seemed a sort of competent player. I mean, I, I don't know if he's quite got the X factor uh, of Cameron Redpath, but he certainly, I say, I think he certainly held up, held his game up very well out there. So it's, uh, yeah, plus Mark, I think he'll, I, I'm hoping, you know, once these players get in there, you know, it's the second and third games, you really start to see, what well, you know, do they, do they actually sort of get in there and, and keep it going? And I, if he holds his place, which I think he he should, I guess next game out against the French will be a even bigger test. So the you know the physicality and the uh, and the way they're playing at the moment. So we'll we'll have to see a bit on that. Any thoughts, Ewan? Uh, yeah, I thought he he was uh, he he held his place, like Tim's saying, and um, he was making good options. But it just uh, 
sometimes you just didn't get the opportunity to make them pay off. And um, I mean, he was quite quiet in the first half, if I remember. He didn't really get many carries. But um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's because I don't, I don't think we have any other. I can't think of any other replacements twelves uh, at the minute. But I mean, he'll be he'll be in the France game, and maybe he'll get more opportunities to carry the ball and uh, show show us what he's got then. I think he had quite a quiet game. Um, <clears throat> didn't seem didn't really seem to get his hands on the ball very often, which obviously not what you want from your from your twelve. But yeah, I think missing Redpath. Was uh, was a big factor. I think he had an outstanding game in um, against England, especially for your debut as well. What a debut! Yeah, absolutely. Red. <laughs> yeah, he was a big loss losing Redpath. And then uh, speaking of uh, centres, it was looking it was looking for a moment like it could have been a fairy tale ending for Scotland with Finn Russell drawing in about three players and then a, a cheeky offload out of the back of the hand, giving it to Van der Merwe. It looked like he was about to outpace everyone down the down the wing, if not for a, a last-minute tap tackle from Owen Watkin, which, uh, well, to me, I think it, it got Wales the win. I think if, uh, if Van der Merwe had carried on running, he had Hogg on his left, he could have offloaded yeah. the ball. So I think that would have been, I think that would have been a fair yeah. ending for Scotland. But yeah, Owen Watkin, what a <laughs> yeah. tackle! That's uh, that's two um, last-minute tackles in the last minute of the game that was saved as the for the win um but yeah like you said he, he would have been away because i think Re, uh Samit had slipped over so he was on his on his like off his feet so he wouldn't have caught up to him so yeah that was uh very much high ground the sofa time for me it's such a thing is that when the when the tap tackle goes and they, it's not like a normal tackle where someone just you know you know the tackle's been made the tap tackle you get that fraction of a second when you think the guy's just missed the tackle, and then you sort of, uh, you know, they obviously the feet go, and then you, you saw him go down. You know, the whole of, the whole of Scotland sort of groaned at that point. But it was a fantastic tackle. It was a fantastic. Yeah, tackle. I thought he made. I thought he made the offload as well. There was a split second. I thought. Yeah, oh, I don't think Hog was expecting <laughs> it at all, which is obviously caught by surprise. Yeah. But yeah, it's, what yeah. a uh, what an exciting finish. So, so Daph, what's your thoughts on the upcoming game for Wales then? Wales against England. Do you think they'll fare um, okay? Oh, I don't know. I think we, uh, we obviously need to um, up our game a bit, I think. Um, <clears throat> obviously, home advantage isn't really much of a thing in these days with no crowds, but it's always an intimidating place to go to a Millennium Stadium. So I think if we use these two weeks to sort of get ourselves back up to speed. Um, I know the Premiership players are going back to their clubs, so they'll probably be playing for their clubs this weekend, which isn't ideal, but I think it should be an exciting game, hopefully. Yeah, one of the things I've sort of thought, I mean, we're obviously going to discuss the uh, France and Scotland game, but I mean, in terms of the England-Wales game, one of the things that's come out, with the exception of Italy, are obviously struggling a little bit at the moment. The games have actually... The games have actually been close. Well, in fact, I mean, Scotland, the result was close, although they did sort of overwhelm England. But the actual results have all been quite close. And I think, you know, any any side that can sort of grab a bit of form, you know, there's no game that you can't can't have a go at. I mean, I say good luck to Wales. They've they've already bagged two wins. So it's uh, but I don't think there's a side that's 
you know, possibly the French have been the most impressive, but, you, you know, no sides, I think, uh, is not without a chance of beating another side, which is, which is, which makes for a great Six Nations when you get like that. So uh, I think, I think Wales, England will be a tight game. I don't think there'll be many points in that, whichever way it goes. So it's, uh, that's, I think that'll be a game to look forward to. Yeah, I think that weekend is going to be a, quite a crucial one in the Six Nations, really. Um, I mean, whatever. I mean, if Wales Wales win, that's three three they've won, and then Scotland need to pull something out of the bag to get something going for their Six Nations uh, trophy that we've all been waiting for our whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys won't remember the nineteen eighty Grand Slams, right? So that's some some of us. So uh... <laughs> no, no, what's that good? <laughs> I just remember tears with Scotland normally. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting. I'm fascinated because because I, I I watched the, um, the the Ireland France game, you know, yesterday, and you know Ireland could have had that game. You know, there there was no reason why not. And I think actually probably missing Johnny Sexton to actually maybe have a little give them a little bit more of this game management that we, we were talking about earlier you know and they could have actually you know put even more pressure on France and I think if Scotland you know bring their best game in there keep all their players on the pitch but you know really you know Finn Russell can open up defences I you know I, I think that there's a chance of, Scot- of Scotland beating France as long as they don't get over brutalised at the start you know they've got a They've got to go there with that sort of same attitude they had at Twickenham, and you know, really sort of put the pressure on the French side. But there's no reason why Scotland, you know, Scotland are in with a chance. They've they've got a good side out there at the moment. They've got you know they've got some you know really good you know couple of really good players, and I think that pack can hold its own. So let's uh, let's hope that you you know it's a year that uh, for Scotland can win in France. Yeah, it'd be a massive win. Um, maybe Finn will be even more on his game. I mean, he's going back to where he plays all the time, isn't he? It's where he's acclimatised. Um, he'll be uh, hopefully an extra special form to impress. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be a great game, isn't it? I mean, France, France and Scotland, for me anyway, are playing really exciting open rugby Lots of kicking, lots of exciting moves in the backs, good forwards packs. And it's, uh, yeah, it should be a really great game, that one. Yeah, and under under very different circumstances as well. Uh, the game at the weekend, Scotland had just come off their first victory at Twickenham for 38 years. They were playing at home in Murrayfield. Wales obviously had a huge amount of injuries. Everything was looking in Scotland's favour. Maybe it will play into their hands I don't want to say they'll be the underdogs, but just uh, playing away from home. France are obviously on very good form at the moment. Uh, perhaps that Scotland will uh, will enjoy not having the pressure on them this time. Did did, any, did either of you guys see the, um, see Liam Williams' elbow? To <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> so we might miss out on that one. <laughs> of course, I saw it. Of course, I saw it. Yeah, you were you were sitting on that one, Dan, weren't you? I yeah. think he's got. He looks like he's got a pretty bony elbow <laughs> yeah. as well. He doesn't carry was, too much. So he doesn't carry yeah. much of that sort of heavy muscle with him. He's more lean and bony elbows. I, I should think that you wouldn't want to be on the end of no, that. So it's, yeah. Uh, 
It was interesting because they didn't really pull it back on it, did they? Like, I think it was after the game they kind of they brushed yeah, over I'm, it. I'm so, surprised. Uh, I think he said it I'm went to surprised the chest that or the TMO didn't pull it up, to be honest, or or any sort of pundits have commented on it really. But it didn't look good, did it? It was sort of an elbow straight into the neck. Okay, guys, and finally, just to finish up, uh, last week we tried to predict this weekend's results. Ian said Scotland to win by 20 points. Chris said by 15. Tim said by 10. And I said by 12. Uh, it's safe to say none of us were right with that one. Uh, what's your thoughts on the upcoming week's game against France? Ewan, what, what do you think the, the scoreline might be? Oh, uh, I think it's going to be a brilliant game. And I think I've got to go with my boys. I think Scotland are going to win by... I'm going to win by eight. Eight. Oh, I would definitely take that. That would be a that would be an excellent scoreline. Uh, Daff, from a more neutral point of view, what yeah, do you think I, the, the final I think it's going to be a be? cracking game, um, and I would I would love to see Scotland go down it, there and get the win. Um, I'd love to see them win. I think by I think by a try by five points. And Tim? Well, I'm going to use a little bit of inverted logic here. I'm going to have France <laughs> to win by seven points. Now, yeah, but there's a there's a logic here. The, the mere fact that yes, I'm predicting France, I think, increases the chance of Scotland winning. <laughs> so, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, you sort of, you know, I'm putting I'm putting them straight in that that sort of uh, you know France favourites to win, and you know then then we can have a. Then, then the party can start on on Saturday night when they when it goes the other way. So, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, we like your logic there, Tim. Uh, myself, I I think it's an incredibly hard game to predict. Um, Scotland have been playing very very well. Um, obviously, a lot of it depends on France. France are obviously quite unpredictable. I think if Scotland play the way they played against England then it would no doubt be a Scotland victory. Uh, obviously, that, that's very difficult to replicate. The, that level of discipline they kept, they, they gave away almost no penalties. I'm going to say, assuming Scotland play like that, I'm going to say Scotland to win by seven. Um, yeah, no, guys, it's been, it's, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show. Um, great to catch up with you and hear your thoughts on the game. And finally, thanks to everyone who tuned in from home. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you can join again next time so we can talk more things Scottish rugby.